The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, Sportsman Richard's platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the, home, uh, download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to Cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN to get a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. 15% off everything when you use the promo code PLAYOFFS. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. I'm your host, always Scott Reichel, once again going solo for this podcast. And it will be a fun episode. We have one match to talk about because it is final time for the Australian Open. We're going to talk about the women's because we've actually not talked about them the entire tournament. And, of course, now we do have the one uh, match left between Sabalenka and Zhang. So we're going to cover that match uh, in detail in a little while. But... Before we get into any, any of that, do want to recap what happened in the last episode. Do want to make one PSA, though. If you were looking for the analysis and the takeaways from the men's semifinal matches that we saw on Thursday night and Friday morning, they're not going to be in this episode because we're going to do the men's semifinal recap for the men's final preview. Figured it would make more sense. Didn't really make much sense to recap the matches than talk about women's and then talk about the men's in another episode. So as a result, to keep the cohesion and the flow, I'm going to save my takeaways from the djokovic Sinner match, as well as the Medvedev and Zverev match, until the next episode, which might come out tonight. I might do it early. We'll see what happens. Point is, though, if you wanted my thoughts on those two matches, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to save that for the next episode. But I am going to talk about the recap for the last episode, which was the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, ended up having a winner. We had Medvedev and Djokovic in a two-pick parlay over three and a half sets in each match. So once again, we just thought it would be a bit lengthy. Not easy in either match. In fact, in each case, a guy was down 2 nothing and then won the third set via tiebreak. But the point is Medvedev ended up getting the job done as he came back from two sets to nothing down as that went five. And Djokovic did lose in four, but he got the job done in the third set to help us cash that parlay. Unfortunately, though, Djokovic did not get the job done enough because for the dog, we doubled down on the over three and a half sets in that match. But we also had Djokovic money line. He had 10 straight Australian Open titles. We th- our 10 Australian Open titles. We thought that he would once again have a war on his hands but we trusted him a bit more in three out of five. And the truth is Djokovic was just extremely flat. He had a really bad match. I believe he called it the worst match he's ever played in a Grand Slam. And Sinner looked very good in general. Truth is, though, once again, in the first couple sets, he really didn't have to do much. But Sinner got the job done. Djokovic's uh, undefeated streak in the Australian Open is officially over. And as a result, we ended up splitting. But either way, cash the lock could have been worse. Now, for the sake of the women's a matchup between Sabalenka and Shang for the title. Do want to quickly recap what happened in the semis and the overall tournament. Tournament is simple. It's been absolute chaos. I believe 16 of the top 20 seeds lost before the quarterfinals, I think. It's been an absolute mess, and yet there's one favorite that's still here, which is Sabalenka, as she's been destroying everybody in her path, and she's going up against a relatively uh, surprising opponent in the final in Zhang who is officially going to be a member of the top seven in the WTA rankings when they are released. I believe if she wins this match, she's going to be top six. But if she loses, she's going to remain seven. So props to her for a great run. Before the actual semifinals, do want to talk about how those matches unfolded. Sabalenka ended up winning a very entertaining match against Goff. 
in straight sets was 7-6-6-4. First set was basically a choke-off between the two of them as Sabalenka led 5-2, blew the lead, ended up going down a break at 6-5, and then Goff choked it, and then Sabalenka completely destroyed her in the tie break. So you had a bunch of breaks early in that match. In fact, you had six breaks of serve early. Sabalenka tried to serve it out, and she was not able to do so in the first set. Then she had a set point on Goff serve at the 4-5 game, and she was not able to convert. Then got broken again at the uh, 5-5 game, and broke back against Goff uh, when she when uh, she ended up trailing 5-6, and then got the job done uh, in the breaker. And then after that, it was actually a lot of holds until Sabalenka finally got a break at 4-4, and she was able to serve it out, and she won in straight sets. So Sabalenka, once again, is looking for another Australian Open title, and she's been great, simply put. No drop sets. Nothing really more to add. She's easily been the best player in this entire event, and that's why she's a big favorite for the final. Now, as for Shang, this has been a very interesting uh, tournament for her. Uh, but to go through the actual semifinal, she was able to defeat the qualifier, who was on the dream run in Yastremska, as she was able to win that one 6-4, 6-4. I believe Yastremska was having some injury issues. I don't remember if it was an abdomen issue or a leg issue. But she called for the trainer relatively early on in that match. Either way, though, point is Shang looked pretty comfortable throughout. The first set was a little bit dicey as she ended up going down 2-0 immediately to start the match. Got the break back, then broke again in at the 3-3 uh, three, three game, and then ended up winning the first set 6-4. Then she got up a break early, gave it back, and then got another break at 3-3 three, three once again, as she was able to hold it out and win 6-4, six, 6-4. Four, six, four. So once again, congrats to uh, Shang for making a very deep run, and she's going to try to become a Chinese champion, which is pretty rare in tennis. Either way, though, point is, is that it should be a pretty... Interesting matchup. Not going to lie, there's one massive, massive favorite. Uh, I don't really have any takeaways from the actual Shang match. Uh, Yastremska had a phenomenal attempt uh, to try to du to uh, duplicate Raducanu's qualifier run in the U.S. Open a couple years ago. But unfortunately for her, she fell just a bit short. No shame in that, though. She had a great run. As for Shang, though, she's been very solid. And she's going to try to keep it that way. Now, there is a little bit of, I'd say, a bright side for Shang, which is the fact that she has actually faced uh, Sabalenka before, as Zhang has actually been able to uh, face her in a Grand Slam, as she ended up losing two Sabalenka in straight sets in the U.S. Open in 2023. So pretty recent meeting, and Sabalenka may or may not have killed her, 6-1, 6-4, but at least Zhang has actually faced her before in a relatively high-stakes situation. Now, don't get me wrong, this will easily be the most pressure that Zhang has ever faced, or... You can look at it the other way, which is Sabalenka is such a big favorite. Nobody's giving Zhang a chance anyway. Maybe she just shows up and just sees what happens. You know, who knows? I feel like it could go either way when it comes to the actual mentality for Zhang in that match. As for Sabalenka, all the pressure is on her. She's expected to dominate. It is what it is, and she's won here before. So we'll see if she can get another Australian Open title. But do want to actually talk about the path of both players? Uh, starting off, actually, we'll do the betting odds first. Then I'll mention the path. So Sabalenka, as I said before, is a massive favorite at roughly minus 650. As for Zhang, rough, uh, roughly around uh, plus 490. As for the spread, you have Sabalenka minus 5 at minus 115. You have Zhang at plus 5 at minus 105. Over-under in games is set at 20.5. The over is minus 105. The under is minus 115. As for the alternative overs, you can get 19.5. The over is minus 140. Under is plus 110. And if you want to go 21.5, the over is plus 110. 
Unders minus 140. Sabalenka in straight sets is minus 170. Shang to win a set is plus 140. Match to go to three sets is plus 195. So I'm going to start off uh, the same way that I usually do uh, for these matches. And I am going to talk about the path of both players in the head-to-head before diving into the actual, I'd say, stylistic challenges each player might face in this particular matchup. Starting off, though, with the actual path of both players. Sabalenka has once again been rolling. Straight set wins against Seidel, uh, Fruvertova, uh, Serenko, Anisimova, who actually was good against her previously in the head-to-head, and Sabalenka ended up killing her, uh, beat Krajikova in straight sets, and beat Goff in a competitive two sets. Now, Sabalenka, once again, the straight sets sums it up there. Uh, she had two competitive sets against Goff. Goff's the only player in this event to take more than three games in a set off Sabalenka so far. So once again, her being a massive favorite does make sense. Am I going to take minus 650? No, but I think you get the point. Sabalenka is worthy of being a big favorite, and we'll see if she can, once again, add another Grand Slam title to her collection. As for Shang, though, uh, Zhang's path has been the exact opposite, actually, of Sabalenka's. So Sabalenka, once again, has done very, very well. Uh, Zhang's gone through, but going through the opponents here, beat Kruger, beat Bolter, beat Wang in three, beat Doden, beat Kalinskaya uh, in three, and beat Yastremska in straight sets. The interesting part here is that Zhang has arguably had the easiest path of all time uh, for a Grand Slam finalist. And I'm not even trying to sound like a hater. If you actually go through the numbers, if you go through the WTA rankings of all the players I just mentioned, Zhang has not beaten a single player inside the top 50 in this entire event. That's just the fact. It is what it is. Most of the players are in the 70s or 80s. I believe the average ranking of the players that she's beaten in this event is 81. And now she's against the top three player in the world. So once again, it's a massive step up of competition, especially after facing off against a qualifier into the semifinals. It's, on the other hand, of course, it's not Zhang's problem. I'm not blaming Zhang for beating who's in front of her. It's not her fault that every seeded player in the region lost and the entire... Australian Open women's bracket turned into Armageddon, basically. But I do think, once again, Zhang, you could argue, has a problem in this matchup because this will easily be her hardest opponent. Once again, to look at the actual path of these players, who is her hardest opponent out of all these players? I feel like you make an argument, maybe Wang, but that's the point. She hasn't faced off against a ranked player inside the top 50 all event. And as a result, I do wonder if Zhang's results are truly because of her growth as a player or may, mostly because of the weak field associated with, with her section. Once again, not her fault. I'm not blaming her for that. But it's worth talking about when your path is that easy compared to, for example, most players who end up making it to a Grand Slam final. Now, as for the actual head-to-head record, I mentioned it before. Sabalanga did face off against Zhang in the U.S. Open last year, and she did win 6-1, 6-4. Pretty straightforward. I don't believe Zhang had a break point in the entire match, so I do expect that to improve. Zhang's definitely gotten better. I'm not taking it away from her. But once again, Sabalenka seems to be in a league of her own right now in this event, and it does seem like Zhang is going to, I don't want to say need a miracle, but she's going to need a lot of things to go her way if she wants to get it done. You might have to hope that Sabalenka has another choking situation, which we have seen in past Grand Slams, where maybe she just uh, ends up succumbing to the pressure, and she ends up blowing a good opportunity to win another Grand Slam. We'll see. 
I'm not calling 6-1-6-4 again, but I do think, once again, this match should be relatively lopsided, in my opinion. I just think that Sabalenka is too offensively gifted, and I think that Zhang is going to be forced to play defense the entire match. And even though you could argue that Sabalenka's unforced errors could return and could, once again, be the reason why uh, Zhang is able to get the job done, Sabalenka basically just punts the match to her uh, with a bunch of unforced errors. I don't really see that happening. I just think that Zhang's going to be really on the defensive the entire match. And as a result, I do think that Sabalenka will be able to push her around the court. And once again, since I said before, you can argue that Zhang might be in a spot where she's extremely nervous in the biggest match of her career, or maybe she's going to be extremely calm because all the pressure is on Sabalenka and she's just happy to be there. You can argue it could go either way. But the point is, I do know that Sabalenka against this opponent compared to uh, her war against Rabakina in the first Australian Open that she won. I do think you're looking at, once again, Sabalenka being pretty calm early on. And I do think that her game will do a lot of the talking in this match. I, once again, think Sabalenka is going to win. I think if you want to make a case for uh, Zhang, then uh, the argument is you're gonna, you got to hope that Sabalenka's unforced errors are going to be extremely, extremely common in this match. She was very underwhelming uh, in the middle of that first set against Goff, where she was up 5-2. She missed that absolute sitter by the net in the in the uh, a game that she got broken in at 5-4. And once again, Sabalenka is prone to make some mistakes, so we'll see what happens. But I don't see Zhang really bringing any unique attributes to the table. Her serve is okay, so there's that. But once again, it does feel like the entire complexion of the match is dependent on Sabalenka's racket because she's going to be trying to hit winners and she's probably going to be in in control of most of these rallies. Now, I do see a comment uh, from CapQuest who says that, uh, you know, Sabalenka might be live. She get another opportunity for a title. Or, or sorry, I like Zhang, but he doesn't really see much of a chance. That's kind of how I feel. I think that Zhang's, uh, Zhang's a good player. I think she's going to be a steady member of the top 10, potentially top five. And her growth has been exponential. She's really turned into a solid player very quickly. But in this environment against Sabalenka, I don't see it. I'm not, once again, 6164, probably not going to be like that. But I do think, once again, Sabalenka's only dropped more than three games in a set twice in this event. And they were both against Goff. So anytime your biggest competition, was against a top four player, and now you're going up against a player who you are better than by a decent margin. It does seem like Zhang's going to have some problems here. And as a result, I think Sabalenka will probably get the job done in straight sets. That's the annoying part, which I'll mention in a second. But it's really tough to actually find value for lock and dog picks when you have this big of a favorite in the final of a Grand Slam. And I feel like we've probably seen this before in men, in men's, whether it was... Nadal's reign in the French Open, or maybe even Djokovic in the Australian Open. I don't remember what his line was against Tsitsipas last year, but he also was battling a bit of an injury with his leg. But you get my point. There's a couple of spots where maybe you'll get a Cinderella run, uh, and the favorite will beat the crap out of them. That does tend to happen. Uh, maybe it happened with Serena uh, when she was in the middle of her reign, and she was against a player who was well beneath her, and she might have been minus 1,000 in a Grand Slam. We've seen that happen, but it's pretty few and far between. 650 is a large line, but once again, I'm not making a case for Zhang money line. I, I just don't see it. I think if you want to make a case for Zhang, you'd probably take the games. Or maybe if you get greedy, maybe she takes a set. 
Maybe. But do I think she's beating Sabalenka two out of three? No, I don't see that happening. I think Sabalenka probably wins in straight sets. Uh, I actually saw a fun prop available. The over and under on the time of the match. Over under 92 and a half minutes. Do I think the match gets over an hour and a half? Probably not. Uh, Probably not. I think I might lean under there, but... That's a really degenerate prop to actually take. I, I do actually like the idea of that prop. Uh, but the, once again, I just think Sabalenka is going to win. And I do think that, once again, Zhang will probably make another Grand Slam final, maybe win a title at some point. But in this spot, in her first ever experience in this environment, in a Grand Slam final, against basically a Phoenix rising through the ashes of the actual bracket, or whatever you want to call it, Sabalenka is on the warpath, as far as I'm concerned. So give me Sabalenka to get it done in straight sets. It's minus 170, so once again, the lock and dog picks I had to get creative with, but I do think that she's going to win probably somewhere in the realm of 6-3-6-3, 6-3-6-4, something like that, but give me a match that is pretty straightforward. Anyway, that's going to do it for the actual preview of the women's final between Sabalenka and Zhang. Apologies if you were expecting a bit more, but once again, I am going to save the men's a recap of the semifinals for the men's final preview episode, of course, which will be between Sinner and Medvedev. Before we get into any of the actual lock and dog picks, do I take a quick word from our sponsor? We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in, and you can win up to 100 times your money with some spicy plays. So watch along, make your picks, maybe uh, make a little money over Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And remember, when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. We're brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is the new and better way to bet. Bet uh, bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes, plus a ton of social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut also offers lower VIG and fully customizable odds. You can create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things. You never have to worry about chasing down your money. Social features include group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. And they have good rewards. Get cashback every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Remember that Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to Cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use code SGPN to get a 10% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger betting smarter this interval season with Hall of Fame Bets. Sports analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. 15% off everything in the store from now until the end of the month. Promo code PLAYOFFS. We're also competing with other shows with the SGPN Network. So once again, if you do end up enjoying the tennis podcast and you do want to support the show we did add merch uh, over the past month so once again check out the merch store if you want to buy a t-shirt a mug a hoodie you get the point anything tennis gambling podcast is available on the sgpn merch store my favorite personally is the t-shirt 
Big fan of different colors. They have the green on green with the current logo. We also have black and white if you do want to take that. But it's very comfortable, and I do think, once again, you should get yourself a piece of merchandise if you do want to support the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Game Podcast. Just finished recapping the uh, uh, Lock and Dog picks as well as previewing the women's final between Sabalenka and Zhang. Now it's time for the actual Lock and Dog picks for the show. Once again, Sabalenka is a minus 650 favorite, and she's minus 170 or even minus $2 in some spots to win in straight sets. So we had to get creative with a couple of these picks. And for the lock, I am going to go to a player prop, actually. That's very obscure, but I do really like the value. It's going to be Zhang, and I'm going to take her under five and a half double faults at minus 140. Now, a couple reasons why I am going to go with the under five and a half double faults in this match for her. First reason, recently, she's actually been very good at limiting the mistakes on the serve. In the first couple matches, she was double faulting a ton. Last three matches, though. Less than four double faults in each of those matches. So I do think, once again, Zhang has found a rhythm to her serve. And because of that, I do think that five and a half double faults is a massive number in what should be a pretty short match. Now, Sabalenka is minus 175 to win in straight sets. Zhang might not have many service games. Assuming that Sabalenka does win, let's say 6-3, 6-3. That's a total of 18 games. That's nine service games. You need six double faults and nine service games. That's asking a lot. I think, once again, uh, Zhang might end up with three or four. Five and a half, though, for what should be a pretty straightforward match, assuming Sabalenka does look the part. I just don't see that being, uh, I'd say, a number that she goes over. I think five and a half is too high, and I do think 140 it might sound expensive. I don't think it actually is, because, once again, she's had less than four in three straight matches. So... Even if four's fine, five's fine, six is a bit crazy, especially since in the first meeting, which was one side of once again six four, six one in favor of Sabalenka, Zhang only had one double fault in that match. So I think once again, Zhang is going to struggle to hold. You might see this match end quickly, but with that being the case, that actually works in our favor because the less service game Zhang has, the less likely she is to double fault. So I think, once again, if you're looking at what should be a pretty straightforward match and you don't want to lay minus $2, for example, or minus 175, depending on where you shop, four straight sets for Sabalenka, I do think the double fault under prop is definitely an interesting little pivot that has some value as well. And she also went to three sets against, uh, in the, I'm trying to remember, that was the quarterfinal match against uh, Kilinskana, uh, uh, Kilinskaya, and she ended up only having two. She went to three sets, only had two double faults in that one, but I do feel like this number is inflated because of how many double faults she had in the first two or three rounds of this event. But recently, she's found a rhythm, and this line does feel a bit high. Give me the under as a result as my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go to a two-pick parlay. I am going to go with Sabalenka Moneyline parlayed with the under 19 and a half games at plus 125. Simply put, the money line is pretty straightforward. Sabalenka is a minus 650 favorite. She's won every set here, and it's also going to be her second Australian Open final, while Zhang is in her first ever Grand Slam final, and she also has had one of the easiest paths to a Grand Slam final of all time, either in men's or women's. The average ranking, once again, of all her opponents is 81. She was very fortunate to have the Armageddon section of the draw where all the seeded players are lost and she was able to feast on the scraps. But once again, I do think that Sabalenka being minus 650 is warranted, but I do want to cut into that juice and try to find some value on it. So Sabalenka, to go back to the 19 and a half for the total, five of Sabalenka's six matches here have gone under. Once again, she did not lose more than three games in a single set besides Goff. So she's been dominant against everybody else, not inside the top four. And the first meeting, 
in the U.S. Open last year did end up landing 17. So we have seen this before. We've seen Sabalenka match up well against Zhang in the past. And I believe Sabalenka once again did not face a single break point in that entire match. But it's tricky to find a dog when you like the minus 650 favor to win in straight sets. So give me a pretty lopsided scoreline. Give me Sabalenka money line parlayed with the under 19 and a half games at plus 125 as my dog. So once again, the picks for the show, the lock is going to be on Zhang under five and a half double faults at minus 140. And the dog will be on Sabalenka money line parlayed with the under 19 and a half games at plus 125. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. A reminder, we'll be back probably either tonight or tomorrow for the men's final. Probably tonight, to be honest, because this match doesn't start till 3.30 in the morning, so I'm probably going to have some free time to actually get the get an episode in. So stay tuned uh, for the YouTube live stream later tonight on the men's final between Sinner and Medvedev. So we're going to cover that in detail. But until then, find me on Twitter, at Rice Show Radio. Find me on the NBA show, the NFL show, which actually will be having an episode at 6 p.m. that I'll be on for the AFC title game, or Terrell and I are going to preview the Chiefs game against the Ravens. Besides that, though, Trying to think of anything else to talk about. If you are still listening to this on on a Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, we're on YouTube now. So go to Tennis Gambling Podcast hyphen SGPN, and that's how you can find the actual live stream. Or go to the website SG, uh, on SGPN Sports Game Podcast and Network.com, and you can find an article for this episode. And I do have a YouTube player in there if you do want to find it. But once again, we have a live chat. So if you do want to ask me questions during the live stream, you can. Uh, sh- shout out to everybody that popped in. And once again, if you are still listening to this on Spotify or Apple, that's okay. I'll forgive you. Uh, don't forget to leave a review. A like and subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. Until next time, though, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.